Well, good afternoon, everyone. As James said, my name's Sarah, and I guess if he's the rector here, I'm the vicar here. So that's nice, isn't it? And that's a lot less of a confusing word, I find. <laughs> rector. <laughs> sounds, sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? But anyway, we'll, we'll cope with it. We'll cope with the... the you should try the job, yeah? Co- we'll cope with these changing terms. Now, we've been looking at the Holy Spirit, haven't we, since Pentecost? Because Pentecost was back on the 28th of May. I remember dates, I can't help it. So uh, that was about four weeks ago, I'd imagine. And since then, we've been spending a little bit of time just thinking about the Holy Spirit and what it means to be guided by the Holy Spirit and led by the Spirit. And today, we are looking at what it means to be used by the Holy Spirit. How does the Holy Spirit use us? But the first thing that I think I want to address today is actually a bit of an elephant in the room for me in, in churches. And that is how we talk as Christians, because we don't half use some jargon, don't we? Like some of it is embarrassing and you don't even realise you're doing it because it's like we're so used to it. If you've been coming to church a while, you just get really used to how we speak. And I remember a good example of this. Um, I used to be a street pastor in Worcester. So we used to go out on Saturday nights, uh, 10 o'clock at night, we'd go out and we'd get back home at 4 a.m. Oh, I was younger then. Um, it, was, it was easier. Um, but we used to go out and hand out flip-flops and water and lollipops and stop people fighting and give out space blankets to warm people up because they'd get very cold and try and look after people, basically. We weren't there to evangelize. We were just there to look after people and show the love of God. Um, And I used to run a little team within that. So I had a team of four people and we were out one night and somebody said to us, why do you do this? And I always said, well, actually, because we believe that God loves you and we want to show you that. Um, And this person got into a debate with somebody in my team. And I just heard the person in my team say to this person who'd never been to a church before, but you need to be washed in the blood of the lamb. And I thought, (laughs) like, it's weird, isn't it? It's so weird. If, if you're not used to it, if you don't know what that means, that is a very, very confusing thing to say. And I think, actually, we so often do this with the Holy Spirit as well. Although, I do have a little slide for you. This is um, to show that we are also culturally unaware as church. <laughs> this, is, this is one of my favourites, because the church is so culturally unaware, isn't it? Worship, teaching, and friends. Do come along to our WTF service. <laughs> Lovely. Gosh. Um, incredible. Incredible. Thank you, Joe. Um, I just find that we are culturally unaware when we use language and we just talk jargon. And it's like so hard, isn't it, sometimes? So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, I think there's a whole load of language we use that can be really unhelpful because it sounds bizarre and we make it sound bizarre. And like, We talk about the Holy Spirit coming to live inside us. That's weird. Isn't that weird? Like inviting something to come and live inside you. It feels weird. Like if we were doing that with anything else, we'd be off to the doctors. If we were like, oh, I've got this thing living inside me, unless you're pregnant, fine. But (laughs) aside from that, we'd be going to the doctors, wouldn't we? We'd be getting that looked at, taken out. My goodness, it is weird. And I think because we use a whole load of weird language around the Holy Spirit, we actually weird ourselves out. We start thinking about it being weird and we get freaked out by it and like it's this really difficult concept. 
But actually, I think we've probably just got ourselves in a bit of a mess, bit of a pickle if you're James. Um, I think we've got ourselves in a bit of a mess by talking about the Spirit in such terms. Because I don't think that the Holy Spirit comes to take over us. He's not like, I say he, he, she, whatever. Um, The Holy Spirit does not just come along and take control of you. It's not like the Holy Spirit's wearing you like a glove and now you're not in control anymore. I don't think that happens at all, but we talk about it like that is what happens. And that is a terrifying concept, but I don't think that that's what happens. I think we're better as talking about the Holy Spirit as a guide and a guide that points us to life. I think that's a really helpful way to see the Spirit, this guide that comes alongside us and points us in the direction of life all the way through our lives. And actually the Spirit opens up our hearts and our minds to be able to communicate with God, to be able to have a relationship with God that we wouldn't have been able to have otherwise. Actually, we can start to have conversations with God, we can pray to God, and we can hear from God through all sorts of different ways. And that's made possible by the Spirit. I think the Spirit helps us to overcome all those things that seek to trample us down. All those things that we struggle with in life. And there's a lot, isn't there? But all those things that actually aren't life-giving, the Spirit comes alongside to help us to overcome those things. And the Spirit gives us courage and affirms our identity. And so I think this is why we talk about the Spirit being a gift, because what a gift. That is such a wonderful gift, to have this guide who's alongside us, pointing us in the direction of life, pointing us in the way that gives us life in all its fullness. That's incredible. I don't know if you've ever experienced that when you have a decision to make and it's almost like one of, one of the ways is highlighted and you can see that that decision is life-giving and you think... Yeah, it's that one. And it's the Holy Spirit guiding us. And I think that is what the Spirit is actually about. I think the Spirit doesn't take control of us. And I'm quite, quite kind of pleased about it, actually, because that would be weird if it was just like a puppet show for God, wouldn't it? But it's not. It's not like that at all. I don't think the Spirit takes control of us, but actually works with us where we are. We get a say as well. And you can say no if you want. Unfortunately, the Spirit's normally right, and we're not. But (laughs) hey-ho, you kind of learn that as you go along. But we get a say. We have a choice. And the Spirit works with us. And I think that that is so important when we think about what the Holy Spirit does and who the Holy Spirit is, that we see that. And actually, if we have this gift, we can start thinking it's for our own sake, can't we? because it is a wonderful gift. But I think we're missing something really major if that's the only thing that we see. Because I think the gift of the Spirit is meant for us, absolutely, but actually it's so that you can bless others too. It is so that you can bless others. So when we start using this language about how the Spirit uses us, my belief is that the Spirit uses us if we invite the Spirit to use us, And in that way, we can bless others. So it becomes about other people too. And I think the prayer that I pray most often is that the Holy Spirit would use me to bless other people. And I follow that up with, please don't let me get in the way with my silly comments and jokes. And I always follow it up with that because I'm like, oh my gosh, just don't let me get in the way of what you're doing. But 
this is my most common prayer, that the Spirit would use me to bless other people. Now, back in Acts 2, we had the day of Pentecost, when they first encountered the Spirit, and it was incredible, wasn't it? And then by the end of the chapter, they're just like going about their now normal day-to-day life, and that seems to be praying together every day, like we all do, of course. Uh, And it's breaking bread together, they're doing that daily, it's wonderful, and it says that believers are being added to their number daily. This has like become their new normal by the end of that chapter. It's pretty good, isn't it? And I feel like their prayers, their prayers must have been, God, use us, use us to tell people about Jesus. Use us. I feel like they must have been praying that. But I want to read you a short passage from Acts 3, actually. So it's just after Pentecost has happened. It's after all of that has happened. And Peter and John are just going to the temple, as I'm sure they often did. So it says, One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon, which is an excellent time of prayer. None of this 5 a.m. Now, <laughs> now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And I think that there are three things that we can quickly get from this reading. Um, And the first one is that when the Holy Spirit uses us, he uses who we are. There you go. That's some of who we are. Um, So the Spirit uses who we are. The second one is that the Spirit actually uses our life stories, uses the journey that we're on. And the third one, look at this, Joe's Joe's jumping through, this is great. The third one is that the Spirit uses what we have. So that's what we have, not what we don't have, but the Spirit uses what we have. So I'm I'm just going to open those up a little bit more. So firstly, God uses who we are. So Peter and John haven't changed who they are. They are still Peter and John. It is still the same Peter and John that wandered around with Jesus, looking possibly like they didn't really know what they were doing half the time, and possibly getting caught up in all sorts of different arguments. And, you know, John saying how he was the beloved, and, and Peter's, I mean, he had loads of, loads of issues there, didn't he? He denied Jesus three times, gosh. But these are the same people. They have not changed their personalities. They now have the Holy Spirit with them as their guide, but they are the same people. And actually, they're not being controlled by the Spirit at all. They're making their own choices. And what I love about that passage is they're just going to the temple to pray like they often did. They're not doing anything unusual. They're not like just going out and looking for something crazy to do. They're just doing 
the normal thing. They're just doing their routine. They're the same people that they always have been, but now they have the Holy Spirit. And the second one is that the Holy Spirit uses the life story that we already have. The Spirit uses that story that we come with. Well, let's have the next slide, Joe. Thank you. There we go. Let's get rid of our faces on there. It was off-putting for everyone, wasn't it? (laughs) The Spirit uses our life story that we come with, uses the journey that we've already been on. I think when we look at examples like this in the Bible, and we think, wow, that's how the Spirit used them, it's kind of daunting, isn't it? Like, I don't know how many people you see, on average, where you're walking along and somebody says, do you have any spare change? There's a lot. There's a lot of people. And I never have spare change. I don't ever carry money. Um, I'm too young for that. But, <laughs> but I've also never gone, I don't have any money, but in Jesus' name be healed. I've never done that either. This is like a daunting passage. It is scary when we read it. But actually, it totally fits their journey, doesn't it? It entirely fits what they've spent the past few years doing. They've spent three years with Jesus. They've seen him perform miracles. They've learned from him. Jesus has even sent them out. They've performed miracles and gone, whoa, didn't know we could do that. Whoa, that's amazing. God's amazing. They've spent time learning this stuff. And so actually, although it would have taken courage, they'd almost been eased into this way of life, hadn't they? They'd been eased into it, if you like. So actually, in that moment, the Spirit is just using what the story they've already come with. The Spirit's using the things they've already learned in that moment, which makes it feel a lot less daunting. So I wonder what it is that your journey has been. I wonder what it is that the Spirit would love to use that's been part of your journey. Do you know what? Maybe the Spirit does want to use you to go and heal people. Amazing, if that is true. But maybe your journey has been about showing kindness to people. And maybe the Spirit wants to use that. Maybe it's been about showing generosity. And the Spirit wants to use that. Maybe it's just being friendly and smiling. I give it a go. But maybe the Spirit wants to use that. And you know what? If you've been through some really hard stuff in life, I totally believe that the Spirit uses that too and can use that to bless other people. And the third one, just quickly, is that the Spirit uses what we've got. And I think that this one is so important because so often we think, well, I'm not very good at that. I can't do this. I can't do that. I haven't got that. But the Spirit uses what we do have. Like this reading, the man asks for money, and they're like, oh, we haven't got any money. But here's what we do have. That should be so affirming for us, because we can go, oh, gosh, I don't have the money to be able to support all the charities I want. I don't have the money to be able to help that person. I don't want to invite so-and-so around to my house, because my house, I'm kind of embarrassed of it, and I haven't vacuumed in three months. And Like, whatever it is, we disqualify ourselves. We think we can't do it. And we go, no, the Spirit wouldn't want to use me. I can't do that. But actually what this reading shows us is the Spirit uses what you do have. If you invite the Spirit to come and use you, I genuinely believe we are given opportunities for that to happen. And the Spirit uses what we already have. 
So the Holy Spirit uses who you already are. The Holy Spirit uses your life story and your experiences. So it's not going to be totally weird and out the blue. Don't panic. And the Spirit uses what you've already got. So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for your gift of the Spirit. We thank you that you are alongside us as our constant guide and companion, showing us to life and life in all its fullness. And we pray today that you would use us, that you would use who we already are, that you would use all the stuff that we come with and have been through, and that you would use what we already have. And we pray that you would show us what those things are today. Amen.